Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to issue 163 of Top Stories, in which we go back to issue 205 of the Bugle podcast. In August of 2012, I, Andy Zaltzman, was rightly mourning the end of the London Olympics, which I still have not fully come to terms with 11 years later. But thankfully, the forthcoming US election was a great distraction. Here I am talking about it with John Oliver. Top story this week, US presidential election 2012. Vote or sigh. Andy, I think that the US presidential election season is actually the perfect way for you to transition from your addiction (laughs) to the Olympics. Because they actually have a lot in common, those two two events. Think about it. The whole thing happens every four years. It's two people racing each other. After going round and round in circles, one will eventually be declared the winner. It's incredibly expensive to put on, and there's just as much corporate involvement that slightly soils the whole event. It's perfect, Andy. It's like a nicotine patch for a debilitating sports addiction. And there was a big development this week. Mitt Romney finally picked his running mate, and he went with Wisconsin Congressman Paul Ryan, a move which seemed to energise the base of the Republican Party, who love to be energised by conservative picks around this time of year. Now, some people might say, why the hoopla? It's only the vice president. Why is everyone getting excited over a largely ceremonial role? Well, because that is simply no longer the case. You are thinking with a pre-year 2000 mentality. Because <laughs> it, it was around that time that Dick Cheney managed to successfully change his job description into something significantly more powerful than the job he signed up for. With Cheney, the Republicans seem to unlock their ideal formula for a presidential ticket, a sinister puppet master pulling the strings of a happy-go-lucky wooden boy. <laughs> the, the aim for the Republicans at the start of any search for a presidential candidate is now to find a nominee who's essentially an empty, amiable husk, just palatable <laughs> enough to disguise the poisonous substance of their running mate. Th- think, about, think about the track record. Bush, Cheney, McCain, Palin, and now Romney Ryan. Because Paul Ryan might look like an average... Midwestern, good-looking man who was walking down the street when a Brooks Brothers store exploded all over him. <laughs> but, but he wants to end Medicare, has spent the last few years driving John Boehner, the Speaker of the House here, into almost unprecedented levels of obstructionism. Now, you might think, why don't Republicans just nominate the person they actually want in the first place? Why didn't they just nominate Paul Ryan if they like him so much? Well, because they know that you cannot shoot pure heroin, Andy. It will f- <laughs> kill you. You have to cut it with baking soda, and that is what they've done here. <laughs> I cannot tell you, Bugle, the amount of empirical research that John has done into that joke. Ever since his troubled early teenage years in Bedford. <laughs> the heroin capital of, right. of hearts, beds and bucks. When in Rome. Um, 
Well, yes, he did. I mean, it seems like many Republicans too love the concept of women having all the possible babies that they may or may not want, and of poor people mm-hmm. retaining the God-given right to die untreated in the maximum amount of pain. Um, so I guess uh, you see, he's appealing clearly to the Republican Republican heartlands. That's right, Andy, but what you're selling is not something that you can appeal to people with on the top half of your ticket. So that's why this system they found works. It's like <laughs> when you give a dog a pill for worms. It's never going to eat that pill on its own. The pill is clearly disgusting. So you hide that pill in a bowl of cottage cheese. And if the Republicans have their way, Andy, come November, America is going to have cottage cheese all over its face and not realise what it's just eaten. <laughs> <laughs> This, the concept is nothing new. Look at the ancient Greeks. They invented democracy, and when they sacked the city of Troy, they didn't just show up with a bunch of crazy Greeks. They put a bunch of crazy Greeks inside an empty wooden horse. <laughs> what I'm saying is, Romney is that empty wooden horse, and Paul Ryan is a bunch of crazy Greeks. <laughs> I don't remember that, that horse being quite as much of a dick, though. <laughs> All right, that's, that is the one flaw in that metaphor, Andy, but that is a, that's a fair point. So the Trojans would have said, let's get rid of this f***ing horse. <laughs> this horse is an arsehole. <laughs> also, it's this horse does around not... in a ludicrous way <laughs> to horse... stupid classical music. This horse does not pay enough taxes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, you just hate the success of horses. Andy, <laughs> You're trying to punish the success of that horse. But that is the concern with this... Election in November, the Democrats have an old-fashioned ticket. They're stuck in the 20th century, Andy, in a time when the vice president was just supposed to be America's clown, accidentally insulting people during state visits, giving thumbs up to people at a funeral, maybe swearing at some schoolchildren, just generally causing a distraction. Under the modern Republican Party... All of that is the president's job, <laughs> providing a smokescreen while the Machiavellian vice president pushes through things without anyone noticing. If the Democrats, Andy, want to show a real intention to the country that they intend to get things done over the next four years, they have three weeks before their own convention to switch their ticket around <laughs> and send a message. Uh, it's got to be Biden-Obama 2012. <laughs> Change you won't even realise is happening. I'm, I promise you, Buglers, this could really work. If we had lived under President Biden since 2008, Vice President Obama would have been able to get through a public option for healthcare, a (laughs) stimulus package twice the size of the one that America got, a comprehensive immigration bill, and he would have been able to close Guantanamo. All the while, President Biden distracted everyone by charmingly and slightly racistly screwing up African dances on the White House lawn. (laughs) Well, it's interesting that the you know this, this change that you uh, you pick out among in the role of uh, vice presidents um, because it has, as you say, always been traditionally viewed as pointless. Uh, FDR's yeah. first VP, John Nance Garner, uh, observed that the office is not worth a bucket of warm spit. Um, <laughs> now, the other version of the quotation is that it is not <laughs> worth a bucket of warm piss. Now, let's think about which one is more likely and which one has been clearly. Moderated for public <laughs> yes. use. I mean, when you filled up a bucket with spit, that's quite a lot of spit that takes. That is going to yeah. clearly cool to ambient room temperature. Mm-hmm. So you would have to reheat it to get a bucket of warm spit. Whereas piss, yeah. I mean, you're going straight in with that. You are going. He clearly said piss. He clearly said it's worth a bucket of warm piss. Um, you're Harry- such a great historian of human language. <laughs> well, that's, you've, got to, you've got to read between the lines on these things. <laughs> Um, the 28th Vice President, Thomas R. Marshall, lamented, once there were two brothers, one went away to sea, the other was elected Vice President, and nothing was heard of either of them again. <laughs> and uh, 
Interestingly, uh, Theodore Roosevelt admitted to sleeping through sessions and, according to one source, enrolled in law school whilst vice, vice president because of boredom. Uh, <laughs> and uh, this shows the kind of desperation uh, that, that, that the office of vice president can drive someone to, that two vice presidents have shot people. <laughs> Is that Dick, true? Dick Cheney, clearly. Oh, yeah. The second. Yeah, of course. I cannot believe I forgot that. <laughs> I cannot believe it. And I, I mean, I think that is only the one that we've yeah. heard about. I think he probably yeah. shot a lot more people than that. And in 1804, the Vice President Aaron Burr shot and killed the former Treasury Secretary Alexander Hamilton in a duel. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, I guess that was, you know, Cheney could merely say he was restoring an honourable tradition. But um, I, mean, I think the, the other way of looking at it is, is a lot of presidents select a vice president who's going to make them look absolutely awesome. Clearly, uh, Biden does that for Obama. Mm-hmm. He had Dan Quayle, um, Al Gore. That's right. Um, Abraham Lincoln had Hannibal Hamlin, uh, who was listed by Time magazine amongst the worst vice presidents ever. Apparently, they'd never actually met before he was made vice president. Uh, and he was described as a notorious do-nothing politician who essentially ignores the civil war. Um, <laughs> that was... L- listen, Andy, from what I know of the American Civil War, that was a tricky one to ignore. Yeah, I mean, it was a big... The sound alone. Yeah, it was the a bangs big, and the yeah, screaming. It was a really big media story at the time, I think, wasn't it? I mean, a, yeah. a lot of the papers went in pretty big on that. Um, and uh, But then Lincoln ditched him, because he clearly wasn't uh, useless enough, Hannibal Hamlin, because uh-huh. he had a, a frankly awesome name. And yeah. he replaced him with Andrew Johnson, who proceeded to prove himself one of the worst presidents in history after Lincoln had cleverly died to make himself look absolutely fantastic. <laughs> he timed it perfectly. He really, he really dipped for the line, Lincoln. <laughs> oh, well, interestingly, this uh, will mean this will continue uh, the trend um, of the last thirty years that there uh, will not have been a bisyllabic vice president in terms of uh, first name since Walter Mondale. Since then, we've had a George, a Dan, an Al, a Dick, and a Joe. And now we'll have Joe or Paul. So clearly, oh, wow. it, what this shows, that was after ten consecutive bisyllabic vice presidents' forenames, following John Nance Garner, who had the decency to chuck in Nance to compensate for the disappointingly informal John. Uh, and it just shows the declining intellectual capability of America as a nation, that it is clearly no longer ready for a vice president <laughs> with a name that a caveman couldn't say. <laughs> Well, well done, Andy. You just managed to powerfully illuminate nothing. <laughs> Ulysses S. Grant had Shula Colfax as his vice president. Oh, good name. Man, that is strong work. But, well, for both of them. Yeah. Ulysses S. Grant is good anyway. Well, but that, he, he could yeah. have been... He would have, no one would have blamed him for having the most boringly named person with him. <laughs> but no, he took it up a notch. What a ticket. Well, exactly. How can you not... You look at your ballot paper, you see Ulysses S. Grant, Shula Colfax... Yeah. I'm having a piece of that. I don't care what they think. So the, the convention season is about to start here in America with the Republican National Convention taking place in Tampa, Florida at the end of August, uh, fittingly being hosted by a city which is a physical and emotional swamp. <laughs> and uh, the Democrats will hold their convention in Charlotte, North Carolina in the first week of September. And sadly, I'm going to be at both of them with The Daily Show for uh, the full duration of the conventions, which... <laughs> Now, always provides for me a challenge both to my belief in human nature and my tolerance for balloons. <laughs> so uh, we won't be able to do uh, regular bugles while I'm down there, but we might try to do a quick phone call together uh, like we did four years ago. I believe, if I remember this rightly, Andy, it's a bit hazy, but I believe the last time we did it, 
We did one basically in the middle of the night where I uh, when I was so tired I was technically lying <laughs> naked in bed. Is that not true? I thought, well, I, I've tried to brush that out of my memory. I do. I yeah. do remember. I don't remember anything you, from uh, that conversation, Andy. But I yeah. only assume it sounded extremely sexy. Yeah, just I do just remember the the mental process of me trying to block out the fact that you were <laughs> you were plums out during an official bugle recording. That was uh, yeah. When you last time during the convention season, you found a wife. Some, That's is, true. Is I is can't that, wait to find my next wife. Andy. Is that, I mean, this is we're looking at wife, wife two. You know. Statistically, my wife. I will be meeting my second wife <laughs> uh, in two weeks' time. <laughs> I oh, tell you, I tell you who you don't want to tell that joke to, Andy. What yeah. I found out, yeah. your current wife. Oh right, okay. <laughs> Not a fan, really. Not a fan of that little uh, observation. <laughs> well, you know, if Mitt Romney becomes president and makes Mormonism compulsory, then um, she's just yes. going to have to adapt to that, isn't she? <laughs> I'm just hedging my bets. <laughs> That's right. That uh, and my magic underpants. <laughs> now that that I mean that is about that is the one thing I'm waiting for Mitt Romney to come out and say in a debate. <laughs> Yeah. Just apropos of nothing, I've got magic underpants. <laughs> I've got magic underpants and you can have more than one wives. Oh, what's that sound? Is that my approval rating spiking through the ceiling? I'll see you at the inauguration. You will not hear from me again until then. Thank you for listening. Please support what we do at The Bugle by donating to our voluntary subscription scheme via thebuglepodcast.com. If you are listening in Apple, I am very reliably informed you can also click the button to support us right now. Goodbye. 